everybody, Count Boogie here. Before we get into the show, I needed to touch base with you about some things, and I know that no matter what I say in the next minute or so, it's going to likely come off as some stupid, ignorant shit to somebody, but we feel we need to not remain silent on this one, and I say stupid, ignorant shit all the time, so fuck it. Here goes. And yes, I wrote this down... 15 different times and no matter what I still awkwardly feel as though I'm going to sound like an asshole once again not a new thing for me here we go even though perverted podcast is a kinky sex talk show and we do not take political sides or affiliate with specific groups because we want to be inviting to everyone and believe that everyone deserves to explore their positive sexuality and improve their communication with their partners thus improve as individuals themselves in the process we are and i am spending a great deal of time reflecting on how to best support solutions to the very real and historical problems of violent racial discrimination in our country. So I will say that we currently stand in solidarity with the black community as they fight to achieve the changes needed so all oppressed individuals can eventually be treated as equals. We are a show that has hopefully shown that as Kathy and I have consistently tried to be vulnerable and teachable with our ignorance and fuck-ups in our own lives, that we encourage our listeners from all walks of life, faith, political affiliation, sexual orientation, race, and culture to also be flexible and honest with conversations and self-reflection that leads to a better life for everyone that is not getting a fair shot right now. Now that has been said, eloquently or not, let's get into the fucking show and talk about things we are qualified to talk about, which is being a bunch of ass spanking whores. Get to it, bitches! Headley! 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 This show is sponsored by Headley! Okay, it's that kind of show. Well, your level actually looks really good in the recording, so this is good. So just talk at whatever that level is. The enunciating. Boogie, you're so nice. You're co- you're complimenting my squiggle. You, you're good. Hang on a second. I have to I have to reopen my eyes. Ow, that hurts. I thought, Kathy, what? when you blow your nose, I just blowed my nose. I just blowed my nose. Check out the grammar there, boys. I just blew my nose before you logged on. Do you have to squint your eyes when you blow your nose? Because if I don't squint my eyes really hard when I blow my nose, air comes out of my eyes. Ah, and it feels weird. What Does that are happen? you talking about? Do you get that? Am I the only one that gets that? Air does not come out of your eyes. That's not possible. It is possible. Well, it's not magic. Something's happening. When you blow that pressure of blowing your nose, it makes in the inner corners like where the eye boogers go. I know this is TMI, but um, air comes out in like little tear bubbles sometimes if I don't squint my eyes. Boogie, you need to go to the doctor, man. That doesn't sound right. (laughs) Or it just means there's like nothing up there. So it's just the air just goes everywhere. It's a big empty cavern. Well, I just, I was huffing my my menthol thing, which is my other 
fetish if if nobody in perverted podcast knows have i ever talked about my menthol fetish oh my god i had look oh my god i think abyss gave me this one uh there's like sang pure from thailand which is this like nasal inhaler thing and it's just like pure like rapey nosed menthol and I'm just addicted to menthol. I love the smell of menthol. And just like right now, this is like, I, th- I don't know. It's got like kanji type stuff that I don't understand. But it's like electric medicated balm, external anal jesic. Anal. It uh, says anal. Anal jesic. Okay. Is, that the, is that a word? Boogie. Analgesic. Analgesic. It says anal, Kathy. A-N-A. I know you, you, see, you see anal everywhere you look. It's it's external anal menthol and I goddamn like it. Oh my god, I love that smell. I want to fuck. I think it comes you know. when I started when I started masturbating as a kid. I started using Vicks Vapor Rub uh-huh. because that was the only lube you had as a kid. You know, like I don't know, twelve, thirteen, whatever I was, and oh, so yeah. I used that. And so, uh, so maybe I just you know my brain just associates menthol with sexuality oh you're so fucked up boogie (laughs) (laughs) kathy i have air that comes out of my eyeballs when i blow my nose what do you really want or expect (laughs) anal no (laughs) i had you know what i i what i have to tell you i share your love of anything that's eucalyptus or spearmint really oh my god i absolutely love sometimes after after I've had a cough or a cold and it's gone away, I still suck on those damn Hall's Mentholiptus cough drops forever because they're so delicious. I just, you're just always looking for the one. You know what? Fisherman's Friend used to be a hardcore one, I remember. That was a good... I know our listeners are like, why do we listen to this show? Why? We have two menthol junkies, you know, talking about kink. Maybe it's that's we why they're listening to the show. <laughs> Maybe we're just starting a revolution of analgesic menthol, nose-blowing, air-socket, air-blowing people. No? Oh, no, Boogie, no. Should we just no. talk? start the show and talk about I, sex? I think we should. Let's stick to what we, we think we know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Let's start a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Perverted Podcast! Podcast. (laughs) 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 All right, get. Hello, and welcome to Perverted Podcast. Hold it yourself. Shut up! I'm talking! (laughs) Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and anal jessic. (laughs) Recording live across our own personal laptops, and I think Boogie, wherever he is, is going slightly crazy with air coming out of his eyeballs. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and Kathy, goddammit. First off, thank you so much, Headley, for sponsoring the show. Thank you to our Patreon supporters and to every single person that has logged on and clicked this wild mayhem of train-off-the-tracks adventure that we call Perverted Podcast. Welcome. 
all of our zombies, zam, zits, pee-pee echoes, and everyone, we are so glad you are here. You give us a reason. You give me a reason to live. And I am excited about this show, Kathy. Do you know why I'm excited about this show? Oh, please tell me. Because I got, I don't even know how to describe this. Okay. I got a soft butt pedicure from you for my birthday. Um, okay, first of all, it was your birthday, yay. Yay, yeah, well, whatever. Well, see, this is why when you tell me, you call me up and like, it was my birthday, and I'm like, so? Because I know you don't care. You always come up with that self-deprecating, eh, it's nothing, I don't want to talk about it. Well, I don't and care it- because, you, well, I can't, look, I will pretend to care because Wicked sends me a dirty picture and Mew does whatever, well, she always does whatever I goddamn well please because she likes that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I'll play that birthday angle. Uh, I will you'll, play you'll, it. You'll play it so that you can get all kinds of sexual favors. Yes. That, now that I respect. <laughs> I have your respect <laughs> that I manipulate a yeah. system in order to get in order to get sex. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what is it that Mew did for you? Okay, check this out. I think I may have talked about this on the show. Now, I have, I don't like really having my feet touched or whatever. I'm not just ticklish. It's weird. I have a problem. I have lizard foot, Kathy. I don't know if I've ever talked about lizard foot on the show. Yes, you have. Okay, for the past 20 years, it's it's just skin, scaly, eczema. I don't know what it is. But I don't like anybody seeing it or whatever. So I do wear socks during sex. Fuck off. Get over it. Take the dick and enjoy it. Um, but Mew, of course, you know, she's medical and whatever, and she doesn't care. And she always wants to be of service and lotion lizard foot. And I don't let her and I don't let her. And I was so tired. Uh, you know, I got to stay over on the boat with her. And of course, once again, brought the toy bag, did some spanking, but it was basically just 8,000 rippy, grindy, back scratchy fuckies. Um, so, but I was really tired. And I laid, you know, she's, I lay down and she does rolling pins on me, you know, because my back literally, I was, she was trying for internal orgasms. So you just fucking, fucking, fucking see, you know, if you can get her there because she's really working on that. Um, and then mm-hmm. my back starts to, you know, hurt. So she's giving me rolling pins in between the sex, you know, <laughs> kind of like, come on, champ, get back in there. And so she starts to just sneak up and lotion lizard foot. And I'm like, ah, whatever, just do it. So I just kind of let her lotion. And then she's like, hey, and she gets into the zone. She knows there's this one thing that is the greatest. I don't know how it exists in, in biology, but it is one of the greatest sensations. It's not necessarily sexual, but it is one of the greatest sensations you could ever have. And so she rubs the lotion into my feet or else she gets the hose again. Oh, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Clarice. So I'm I'm laying there. I'm relaxed. And then after she rubs the lotion into my foot, she pulls down whatever her panties and she takes her soft little butt and she rubs her butt against the top of my foot. Uh-huh. Kathy, if you have if you have never had that done, I we discovered it somehow in the love lab, you know, with feet and hands and every everything everywhere and for some reason butt skin against the top of your foot skin, not the bottom, not the side, not your knee, not your elbow, not your stomach, not your face. 
but there is something about the top of the foot and a soft butt when they rubbed it. It is, it's like that. Have you ever laid on a bed and you're like, this is so soft. I can't believe how fucking soft this is. Oh yeah. It's that. Wow. You should have, if creative Explorer doesn't have a hairy ass, you should have him rub your, his butt (laughs) against the top of your foot. You have to feel it. It's a thing. And we tried, we tried it with different, with different partners and whatever. And Mew has a soft butt. So Mew would just be butt experiment. And literally she would take down her panties and she would, and I go, you have to feel it. And, and like we did it with bunny and, and other lovers. And they're just like, that is incredibly soft. <laughs> I can't believe that was your birthday present. That was my. I was excited. That that was very. I just relaxed. I was. I mean, she only did it for like ten seconds because she knows, and we both laugh because it's just like how weird is that? Right. That's so funny. Probably as weird as air coming out of my eyeballs while I huff anal jesic. I don't know. <sighs> Whatever. Oh my god! Hey, I I have felt Muse butt. Okay, her bare butt. And let me tell you, you are absolutely right. It is soft and adorable and just the perfect handful. It's very, very cute. It's a good it's a good soft butt. I do I do like it. Yeah, it is. Creative Exploder. <laughs> creative, creative, <laughs> creative Exploder wiping his ass on your foot, Kathy. That's hot. <laughs> Why that's name is sticking, I think. You you accidentally said it last week and now it's Creative Exploder again. It should be Creative Exploder. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Uh huh. Look, let the joke die, okay? I'm letting it die. <laughs> you have some fun stuff to talk about. Yes, I do. So I get a call actually this morning, right before the show, and, and he's like, hey, wanted to let you know that I um updated my profile, just, you know, so you know, and you're like, what the hell's going on? And I've actually started looking for people, other play partners online on FetLife. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. We're both polyamorous, all right? Just because he's taking the initiative doesn't mean that. But it is, um, I am a, you know, human female and evolution has done its job on me. And the first thing I think of is, but, but aren't I enough? Why are you, you don't love me. (laughs) It's just inevitable that that's what I'm going to think first off. And then of course I kick that fucking bitch right out of the driver's seat and go, calm down, man. Uh, And of course, then we started talking about it and he's explaining it to me and he actually, he said, now, Boogie, I'm going to tell you something about Creative Exploder, which you may not know. And that is okay. that the guy can be socially awkward. <laughs> oh, my God. Mind blown. All over storage pieces of Boogie's brain. I never, never in a million years. Really? <laughs> that, that was okay. sarcasm. That L- was sarcasm so much there, sarcasm. There. That was like sarcasm <laughs> jelly all over my toast. <laughs> all right. So, and it stems his his social awkwardness stems from a very uh, real kind of disconnection with with uh, society and understanding of what what people why people do the things they do. And it took me a long time to 
really believe that because I've actually had people say to me, well, I don't understand society and I'm socially awkward. And if so, I, if I respond in a way you don't want, uh, this is why. And I always call bullshit because after a while, what I start to realize is that, no, you're not, you may be a little socially awkward, but you're hiding behind that term in order to uh, behave badly or not have to uh, put up with the, the social norms that the rest of us have to. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you have to be careful in the same way that some people say, well, I'm, I'm a very, I'm an empath and I need to not be in a room with a lot of people because uh, a loud noises and a lot of people really mess with my head. Uh, there's people who are hiding behind that. And then there's people who actually have social anxiety. Right. So trying to weed out those who are using the terms and those who really suffer from that, it you sh- it's something that you should look at because just because somebody tells you that doesn't mean that they're that they're right or that they're telling the truth. In any case, it took me a while, but I start I realized over the five plus years that we've been dating that he uh, this absolutely does apply to him. He just does not <laughs> get it <laughs> in Kathy. one ear, out the other, man. <laughs> Kathy, in 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 the five years that you've been talking about Creative Exploder, we all got it. We all got that years We're, ago. There's part of years you like, ago. How can you not know this? We, I will tell you that there's the the miscommunications, not miscommunications, but maybe misreadings or scene slipping sideways that happen in the middle of play. That's one thing because that's things that uh, we talk about later, and you're like. Wow, I just didn't actually see that. You weren't communicating well. And then there's the other stuff that happens in our relationship. And the last five times it happened, it was innocuous. It was in the middle of, you know, driving or grocery shopping or whatever, where he will do something that the rest of of civilized society will point to and go, that was a dick move. And he is completely oblivious, (laughs) didn't even understand what he did. And so as a result of all of this, when he does certain things, he has learned to give me a heads up because he's he wants to make sure cover cover all his his bets because he doesn't know if it's going to be taken the wrong way, if he's doing the wrong thing, if he's not reading things correctly. So he gave me the heads up to say, hey, that is actually know. a very that's that is absolutely a good thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just want to say, good boy, Creative Exploder. Good boy. Because when you are detached from something, you you just don't think about it. But the fact that you have a program in place that says, even though I don't think about this, this is something to put there just in case I'm misreading the situation. That's actually really good communication. Absolutely. I'm, I was, I told him after I, I he, he said, I, I wanted, I changed my profile. Um, and I, I took, um, I started emailing people and one of them responded and I'm sending you a screenshot so that you can see it of what I said to her and what she said. And I'm like, thank you. I, I'm just, I appreciate that. That's that, very, very good. That is appreciated. And, 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 uh, it makes me feel good uh, that that you can consider this relationship that important. I, I I really like that. But of course, that was tough, you know, to hear that that your partner now wants to start looking for stuff at, to the point where they've changed their profile. They've put some thought into it. They've started trolling. They've looked for fet lifers in their area and have now started emailing them. 
But of course, he did find what the rest of us find is that out of the, I don't know, 300 people in the in the vicinity of hit where he lives, only one sparked his interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's slim pickings. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He also said the amount of people, who, women out there who post profiles and flat out say, I'm looking for a pay pig. If you can't send me a, a prepaid visa account, then, you know, fuck you or something like to that effect. And I'm like, wow, that he goes, it's just ridiculous. Some of those profiles out there. I'm all for people making money any way they can. Yeah, but. that's some. I I, I kind of doubt that. I, I look at FetLife quite a bit, and I see a lot of profiles. And, and maybe people have a birthday list or something like that. But um, I don't know. It's a, I guess it depends on what type of look he's attracted to, because I don't see it a lot in the profiles that I perv. I just don't. No, he he doesn't look. He went by vicinity. If they w- lived within a certain radius around his house, he started looking at all those profiles. Okay. Oh, so he just typed in Los Angeles then. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't search. You can't search FetLife, can you? You yeah, you can search for uh, in your area. You can't search uh, in any in any way more specific than that, as far as I know. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a dating site. Let me let me rephrase that. I don't think that you can search it. I think that automatically when you put in your uh, location, when you search for events, events in your area come up. When you search for kinky people, kinky people in your area come up. Right. That's about as 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 finessed as you can get in your searching is is to put your own location in there. So but anyway, he uh, it was really good. And then at the end, he goes, oh, and I changed my relationship status. And I'm like, whoa, 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 man, you buried the fucking lead there. What did you change it to? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I changed it to it's complicated. I said, uh-huh. Oh. And he goes, I think it was sing- it was either it was either single before. He goes, no, no, actually, it wasn't single. I think it was an option. And I opted not to even answer that. I said, that's probably good because I don't think I've answered that either. But I said, why did you put it's complicated? He goes, because I would much rather people ask me what my relationship status is rather than try and figure it out by me clicking a a, link, a thing or something on a box. Or I said, actually, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm so glad you told me because if I looked at your relationship status and it said it's complicated, I would have been like, why is it complicated? <laughs> God damn it. You know, to be honest, I don't think it I mean this I'm not a I'm not creative exploder. Um but it's compli- every time I see it's complicated to me, I see the word conflict and I see the word if it's complicated, it means you don't know your fucking relationship. I'm just saying this is my opinion of what I see when I see it's complicated. It means that you don't have a, a definition with your relationship. That it's somehow like, yeah. Like you could have just put polyamorous. And that means I have other relationships with other people. And we will talk about those relationships when you talk. I really don't like the word it's complicated. I've never liked that that setting. That it's complicated because it just kind of alludes to, yeah, I might be married and and it may be some shit and I don't want to talk. It just sounds complicated. I don't like the term. Yeah. I just don't like it. I don't see anything wrong with it if I see it in a, um, uh, if I see it on someone else's profile. I just thought, why is he changing it? And we had kind of had a laugh because when I pointed that out to him, he said, 
oh shit, I didn't even think about that. I'm all, no yeah. fucking kidding. <laughs> creative Exploder. <laughs> Got a message for Creative Exploder here. The way people would work before better is if you said, hey, I'm going to make some changes. On, I've thought about it. I'm going to make some changes on my profile. I want to give you head ups. Not, by the way, in case you see it, I already made a bunch of changes on my profile. Just saying. No, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. Hey, you know what I just looked at? I didn't even remember that I had done this it, it, on my profile. It says relationship status in a relationship with perverted podcast. <laughs> well, that is the goddamn truth, isn't it? <laughs> it's so true. Because <laughs> what is this? Bottom of. That's what I should put. Slave of. In service to. Takes so it true. up the ass in editing for perverted podcast i actually have that in my about me section the very first thing it says is i support and take it hard from perverted podcast (laughs) (laughs) it is true but all kidding aside all kidding aside yeah it's a lot of work but it is also probably for sure one of the best relationships i've ever had this has been the most growing the most informative the thing that stretches my mind the most and still hasn't got me local groupies but god damn it wicked sent me a really good dirty picture for my birthday Ooh, was it dirty yeah it's dirty i'll ask her permission if i can show it to you no 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 don't don't be asking if she sends it to you leave it at that well i didn't say i was going to share it with the perverted podcast listeners but let me tell you if i did they'd be super excited about it it was pretty <laughs> it was, it's pretty sexy. Send it to me, by the way. I put happy birthday boogie on it. Yeah. yeah. It was for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Bam. That's right. We had a good conversation. We're going to talk uh, later in, in in the show with her because she's the uh, listener segue, and she has a very wonderful, dirty story that she's going to share with us. Oh, nice. Is a zebra labia all covered with stripes? Seek our godly wisdom on some fucking advice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Kathy, I love your heavy metal growl. Can you just give Is a that? good? Yeah, yeah, do it. No, I can't. You put me on the spot. I can't. Kathy, heavy metal growl. What? Yeah, yeah. That was good. That was a very that. That's a in the heavy metal in he, yeah when the lead singer fucking bacaws all over the guitar soloist they fight that is a big fight in heavy metal and you see it like I've seen it with Iron Maiden I've seen it in live videos of of all sorts where the guitarist is like and all of a sudden the singer's like bored up there dancing around and he just goes and it's like dude bro you just bacawed all over my fucking solo. What the fuck? I mean, that starts fights. It's like, dude, don't I understand? This is your time for Baca. And you can go and be like, yeah, baby, do you like my leather? Don't do it over the fucking solo. Oh my God, you That's are. That's bad form, so man. Starts big fights. Old. You're an old man. Stop it. Hey, bro, <laughs> you go anywhere outside of fucking Los Angeles. And hard rock is still going, man. Okay, maybe you have to leave the country. But it's going. Like, Europe, super fucking metal. It's just metal. Steel Panther goes out of the country, man, and it's thousands of people. 
People oh still God. like hard rock, Kathy. Rock still rocks. Sure, like- we like electronic, <laughs> you know. I love electronic music. I love all types of music. But don't think that rock is dead because it's fucking not. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know what to say. Maybe- do we have some fucking advice? We do have some fucking <laughs> advice. Good save. <laughs> do we have we some ha- fucking advice, Kathy? <laughs> We do, and you know what? We haven't had one in a while, so I'm going to take this opportunity to put out a pitch there and say, please write to us and get, ask us questions, man. We got to have something to talk about. What do you think we come out of, pull the shit out of our ass? Well, actually, we kind of do. So, but please write to us because <laughs> it's some a little lean. too, little too truthy there. <laughs> Cut back on the truthiness, Kathy. They already know. I wanted us to look so professional, but really, it was like the night before we put the show together. <laughs> I wanted that literally five years ago, Kathy. <laughs> All right. So, Felix, thankfully, thank you, Felix, for writing to us and saying, love the show. Always appreciate hearing your perspective on things and sometimes even learning stuff, too. Wow. Thanks, Felix. Like, we're not all just fluff, you know. We do talk about stuff that you can learn from. Anyway, he's... That is a stab from before the show, Kathy. Let's let the perverted (laughs) podcast listeners know that as we're planning the show, Kathy couldn't find a FetLife thing, you know, because she looked and everyone's talking about protests and things like that, which is important. But, you know, she was looking for kinky kinky. stuff. Couldn't find it. But not kinky stuff. And so, you know, I'm like, well, we need some meat for the show because, you know, it's you can't be all fluff and need thinkies. And she's like, I have thinkies. And so. <laughs> I did not say it like that. <laughs> you did. I have thinkies. I did not go. Because <laughs> that would be so out of character for it you. totally would. She assured us. Well, I didn't know about the thing with Creative Exploder, so. <laughs> um, you know, that was very thinky, you know. All right. You know, that's uh, that's feelings. So it was feelings and thinky. Okay, so uh he goes on to say, I was listening to show two sixty and Boogie talking about Mew going into space while caning got me thinking. One of my partners tends to be nonverbal when we do impact play, which is sometimes confusing for me as a top because I don't know how to read their reactions. How can I distinguish between a partner who's quietly in space from one that's bored? And if my tendency is to look for a reaction, how do I judge when enough is enough? Excellent question, Felix. Excellent. Yes, Felix. Excellent. Excellent (laughs) question. I actually had to ponder this quite a much. Wait, that is a choo-choo train in the background. Stop playing with your choo-choo trains. It's not my choo-choo train. It's the freaking train going by. I, storage is 50 feet from a track. Uh-huh. Okay, it's gone. Okay. <laughs> Kathy, why don't you go first? All right. For, for darling Felix. So there's a there's a there's two ways that you can go on this. The one I'll talk about first is the one where you're, you're basically fucked, okay? And that's the scenario where you have do not have compatibility in this area. If you have somebody who does not, um, express and in a very uh, obvious way when they're being played with. And the reason that they're doing that is because that's just where they go. And you're someone who absolutely needs to have that reaction. Otherwise, it's not even played. Like me, if you're just lying there and you're not responding, I may as well just 
put in a fucking machine or one of those thing machines that just paddles you over and over again, because why do I even need to be there? And in that case, that person and I would have zero compatibility. We would not be able to move past that because it's just one of, it's like someone saying, I love rope and someone saying, I don't love rope. And that's the worst case scenario. But in and that is fair, fair for, for you to definitely have something that doesn't work for you and to acknowledge that. Absolutely, because the alternative, of course, would be for some one or uh, one side of that partnership to start behaving in ways that aren't natural to them, like the the bottom starting to give you, oh, that feels good, that's great, and they're they're pretending the whole time and they're not true to their nature, uh, and and that happens. And like you say, if that happens, that happens. And you know, you're never going to find one hundred percent compatibility, but there are things that are a core fundamental parts of your kink that if the other person isn't a a good partner for that, you're just not going to be able to be good play partners. But more often than not, I have found is that there are things that you can do and you're just not looking hard enough because it seems counterintuitive. Creative Explorer has had to find ways to read me, even though I can be uh, quite expressive. He's over the years had to find ways to read me when we go into extreme play or when we go into when a, a, a scene starts to turn south. And mm. I've always kind of felt a little bad afterwards when we talk. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. And he always tells me, you don't, there's no need to apologize because if I weren't willing to take on that responsibility, I would not be calling myself a dominant. I would not be putting myself in this position where I'm the one who has to figure this out. So he puts, he puts effort into reading my body. Somebody being verbally non-responsive does not mean that they're not being responsive. Watch their body language. Watch how they react. Watch the little things that because we tend to focus more on the verbal, we get we can tend to maybe be a little lazy because we're not we're not seeing the other ways in which that person is communicating what they're feeling. So that's something that you can look at. And the other thing is, what if that person actually isn't really going nonverbal? They have emotional reasons or bad pasts that make them not want to communicate, that make them want to close their mouths. Like maybe somebody in their past told them they talk too much during sex or, or they're too verbal or, you know, you're, yes. you're knocking me out of my headspace. Stop talking so much. You have to delve into and discuss with that person. Why it is that they're being nonverbal? Is that their norm? That their nature? That's the way they normally do things. That they cannot process it unless they're going totally in their own heads. Or are there other reasons that that's happening? So I know that I threw out a lot there, but there's this is a multi-layered issue. There's a lot of reasons why your per, your partner could be going nonverbal, and sometimes they could be very responsive, and then they reach a point beyond that point they're nonverbal that's because they've entered into another level and that requires further communication when the scene is done to figure out was it good nonverbal or was it bad nonverbal Kathy you covered a lot of good stuff I totally did a lot of stuff a lot of stuff bravo you thought about stuff that's <laughs> what makes a show god damn it is <laughs> that we think about stuff sometimes almost 5% of the time before we talk about it <laughs> I thought about this a, a little more than 5% because 
I have a lot of experience. Most I I realize that literally most of my relationships that I've had since getting in the kink lifestyle, uh, most of my dynamic relationships, my partners have been primarily nonverbal when they get into their space. And so for me, it's just very natural the things that I do. So I had to literally go back because, of course, the easiest way is they're giving a lot of cues and verbal reactions and, you know, screams and cries and things like that, which in a connected space is super hot. I I have no no opposition to that. I love that that type of reaction too. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Sexually, my partners have been very reactive and very vocal and making lots of noises and wiggles and, you know, stuff like that, but then in the kink, they've been very nonverbal. So, I've transferred my mindsets from one to the other and I've learned how to make that pathway. The question about boredom was very interesting. Because that is an insecurity of mine, too. I want to make sure that they're not just like, oh, ho-hum, you know. But that is, you're going to see a different body language with ho-hum than you are going to see with a nonverbal subspace. Absolutely, at least in my experience, you're going to see facial expressions that kind of, they just, they're very clunky and the breathing's going to be kind of sigh. They're going to try to give you tips to let you know they're bored. But I have had, now this is going to sound arrogant, but because I do work with most of my partners beforehand, I don't have to worry about boredom because I believe I have a relationship with my partners that they're going to let me know after scenes are done what doesn't work for them and, and what doesn't excite them. And then some things I'm like, well, fuck you. I like it and I'm going to do it. And that's okay too. But as far as like out and out boredom, it, it, it really doesn't happen a lot if you're communicating with your partners. Yeah. Actually, you bring up a good point. And, and the, the discussion afterwards is important too, because you can still have a relationship with someone who doesn't give you a lot to work with um, and, and you're not really know what's going on as long as you're communicating after. I mean, that that actually when I was with um, uh, my girlfriend of many years, uh, she made some uh, acrylic rods. Uh, if you ever want to go online, they're amazing called Rods by Rain. And I have uh, one. I just love those fucking things. And so she would um, hit me with it. But because I wasn't a big cane person, she would go very slowly, very slowly and very methodically and very uh, slowly would start to amp it up. And to someone, to onlookers, it would look like absolutely nothing's happening. But I was completely focused on what, what I was feeling. It was one of the few, it's that kind of plays one of the few times where I really am nonverbal because I'm so uh, over, not overwhelmed, but so completely 100% focused on that sensation because I like it so much that I don't want anything else to distract me. But she just kept going the first time we did it. And she just kept going until she hit a level that to someone looking would have been, well, she, that next one that she gave, that next hit that she gave looked exactly the same like the one before. But for me, it wasn't. And I immediately popped my head up 
and inhaled really sharply. And she knew that's it. The scene is over. We talked about it after. And I explained to her what was happening. So from then on, when we did that particular kind of play, she knew exactly what was happening. So you're right. That discussion afterwards plays a, a big part in determining whether you guys can have another play scene because they can give you clues. They can say, well, when you see that my, you know, my fingers start to, uh, that I start to tap them on my thigh a lot, that that means this. I mean, they, they could give you these clues that you weren't even looking for, didn't even know that they were happening. So that's a, a really good, um, good way Absolutely. to Every, try and get through it. Yeah. Everyone has their own process for processing pain. Some people tap a foot. Some people clench their hands. Some people stretch their hands out. Some people give the normal screaming, yelling, you fucking asshole, that, you know, that, that too. Um, there's a lot of different things, and that's one of the fun things. Now I want to go into why... I enjoy nonverbal and how I enjoy nonverbal because, of course, I love reaction and I want to see everyone be like, oh, no, please help, you know, damsel in distress stuff. I love that stuff. How do I enjoy as a top hitting someone that is literally barely moving and barely speaking? Right. And and that is something I had to literally train myself to find. uh a pathway into so I could play and have this person be natural, be in their natural state that that nonverbal, that that checking out, that that floating away is okay in that I support them in going that and not try to force them into like, Oh, you got to make more noise for me. And that is something <laughs> that can happen. And it does. I've, I've heard so many, I've heard a lot of stories about that. Um, where just like you talked about the negativity that people are like, you make too much noise. Um, the same thing on the other end where you don't make any noise. So there's always right. some dickhead. There's always some bitch or dickhead out there. That's hurt somebody by giving them negative feedback in a negative way. That was at its, foundation just selfishness right um there's definitely a way and there is a way to bring out because i've also had people i've had lovers that were like i don't make a lot of noise because the only sex i've had has been at home and i lived at home with my parents and i couldn't make a noise or or i was at my boyfriend's house you know and we couldn't make noise because of their roommates so it was always i trained myself to not make any noise so it didn't mean they didn't like making noise. It just meant that they were programmed to not make noise. And then the Love Lab was great for this. I mean, we got people that were nonverbal that weren't nonverbal because they enjoyed the nonverbal, but because they were trained that way and just gave them that permission to explode. And, oh, my God, I remember Bubbles. God damn it. She would just like she had the best heavy metal <laughs> orgasm in the world and Mew loved it and it was just ear piercing and you could hear it from down the halls of the dungeon uh you know it was great but how do i get into their zone for me i change my approach and i become very much more a producer and I'm focusing on my play. I'm focusing on my accuracy or how I'm building what I believe is going on in their head. I'm now mm -hmm. the orchestra leader of a journey that they're taking. I know they're in because another tip, if they have like a little weird smile on their face, 
and their and their eyes are glassed over or their eyes are closed and they're not bored. Right. They're just not bored. They're somewhere else. Yeah, I got to say, bored is not a thing that you, you, you're going to miss. First of all, if yeah. you're bored, you're verbal. You're going, I'm bored over here. Let's keep things moving, buddy. Or if you're trying not to be, you know, offend the top or whatever, you get more fidgety when you're bored. You'll start to see things that are a little a little more awkward. Yeah. And, uh, and then you ask, are you okay? And they're like, no, no, I'm fine. If you share the words, I'm fine. You may have to change <laughs> You have to change some things up, you know? That That's Start the fucking kiss of death right there. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's fine. You're having a good time, right? Yeah, those, those might be hints, little verbal cues there. But I really go into that thing where I create my own story through the play, through the caning or the flogging or whatever, and then I... I'm really just focusing on creating what I believe is a story. And then I can kind of go into my space a little bit. And it's not, it's not the only space that I like. Cause of course, like sexually, I like it to be very interactive and I'm going to talk dirty and you're going to be like, Oh, and that's great. But in play, <laughs> I can really enjoy focusing on that. The rule is if you're a nonverbal person, that's absolutely okay. We can play that way. But you are going to have to tell me where I took you afterwards. Exactly. I am going I am going to get a debriefing. I'm going to get a blow by blow. You're going to tell me the visions that you had and the story like Bunny goes really nonverbal with needles and which was great because she actually painted a little picture of it and sent it to me um about a month ago. And she said, this is where I go because she always described and we've talked about it on the show. She described that she goes on to this like hill that's this cliff that's has a swing on it and she's on the swing and it's perfect weather and it's overlooking either the ocean or whatever. And it's just this beautiful place that she just goes and just she has joy in that place. And so 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 why? As somebody who is a producer, why would I not want to try to create that even if I'm not getting the instant reaction in the moment? The fact that she then tells me about that and then she'll say, Daddy, I went to my place afterwards and and I saw this and it was really beautiful. And 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 that's very satisfying to me. So I am okay with nonverbal. I would like, you know, sexually. I, I need I need some interaction. I need you to tell me I'm a love god because I have a lot of insecurities. Play wise, not worried about it. I know how to use a fucking flogger. Uh, you know, I can let you. Get, I don't need the validation until afterwards. Oh, that's good. I like that. You're a flexible guy. I am mostly my <laughs> penis. That's why. That's why we have Viagra. Your peen is flexible. <laughs> it's penis flexible. I can twirl it backwards. <laughs> Maybe you should have some vitamin E. If your penis is really curved, I heard vitamin E helps straighten that out. Talk ah, to your doctor. 
Good old vitamin E just fixes everything, doesn't it? <laughs> vitamin E fixes everything. But I think too much of it causes a problem, so don't just go and OD yeah, don't, on vitamin don't E. Don't listen to us at all. But And Felix, <laughs> thank you so much for writing in your question. You gave us a lot to talk about. Good topic, good topic. Woohoo! Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know, let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Hello, Enigma. Hi. Enigma, I am excited for you because I know you have something to finally fucking share with the perverted podcast audience, and I want to hear it. I know. Well, it's something It's something beyond my masturbation share. Oh, my God. <laughs> we even, we, look, we even brought Kathy in because she was so excited to hear that you possibly had some shenanigans. Hey, he always has shenanigans. I just wanted to weigh in this time. I do not have shenanigans always. Not these days. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no. So, like, two weeks ago, I, I had to uh, drive out to El Paso for very official, responsible reasons. Uh, but a friend of mine wanted to come with me. And it was a friend of mine who we've done shenanigans together in the past. And so, wh- why the fuck not? So, we got to the hotel and we definitely... I had A friend of mine made me a toy. It's a, one of those, like, acrylic beaters. And it's in the shape of Texas. And so... <laughs> yeah, so I literally got to beat Texas into her ass a little bit. And Wait, wait, Enigma. Enigma, yeah. did, you, did you sing uh, that song while you did it? The stars at I did night. not. All right. <laughs> Big and Big bright. Big and bright. I did Keep not. Keep heart of Texas. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh... <laughs> I did not sing that, although I should have. That would have definitely added to the experience. But yeah, it was funny because neither of us have actually played in a while. So both of our kind of sadomasochistic endurance was definitely lower than like, you know, three months ago. Uh, Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. There were definitely lots of giggles and squirmies and wetness. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Was there orgasms and ejaculations? There were indeed on, on both ends of that. Yes. Bravo. Bravo, goddammit, Enigma. <laughs> Thank you. Now, now I'm back to my masturbation chair. But, you know, there, there, was, there was fun while it lasted. <laughs> now you're back to being a loser like the rest of us. Yes, exactly. Well, goddammit, that is great to hear, Enigma. You have a topic, and I wanted to bring Kathy in because we're going to be non-experts as usual. But I think it's a good topic, so why don't you just go ahead and jam into it? All right, so our next topic comes from the Daily Chronicle or their their website is called chronicleline.com and the article is called Hills and Valleys it's up to the voters now on mandatory sexuality education and just as a kind of preamble to the to me going over this is that this all came up right before the lockdowns so some of the plans and some of the uh, their like month by month plan is going to be a little you know pushed back a little bit so if you're going to go read the article, just keep that in mind that it, this all took place like right before the lockdown started. And so this article is in question. Uh, the article in question is about Referendum 90, which is a referendum specifically focused on requiring comprehensive sexual, sexual education that is consistent with Washington State Health and Physical Education K-12 through standards. And some of the can education... I, can I interrupt? That, would, that, is, that is consistent with what? It's, it's consistent with the Washington State Health and Physical Education K through 12 learning standards. So basically, what uh, elementary and middle school and high school should be teaching as far as health, uh, health and physical education for their students. Got it. Okay. 
and so some of the education that would be implemented would be like first graders would be taught how to identify various uh, anatomical body parts, both internal and external. And then this would go all the way up to fifth graders would be taught about gender identity and sexual orientation. And the, the referendum that I thought was kind of cool was that it would allow for students to bring in outside educators if so desired. So if they, they don't have faculty on staff that can actually talk about these topics, they are allowed to do that. And I just found this article really interesting because it's another, I think there are states that are starting to realize that we need to have better comprehensive sexual education. And instead of it coming from grassroots and um, those sorts of people, it's coming from the legislature. Uh, like the governor of Washington is is the one that's kind of pushing this bill to help push um, this sort of comprehensive sexual education into it. Now, the article goes into how it's probably something that's probably not going to pass, but it's something that because there's there's a big pushback against it. There's a lot of people protesting against it. Of course, but of course, because why can't we have nice things? Uh, but they are. <laughs> But it's, it, it's, it's coming from a higher up, which is, I think, a way more promising thing than what we've seen before. Hmm. Kathy? Mm, you know I'm always going to be for something like this, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. I thought the article, I read the original article that Enigma, I think, was talking about, and, and it seemed to have kind of a more negative view towards the bill and yeah. and those concepts. So I'm not I'm not really sure on the source or whatever, but it seemed to come off kind of negative towards it. So once again, not having the referendum in front of me and seeing all of the little subtexts and things that are written throughout it, I can't really feel like an expert on saying this bill is in my opinion the best move forward or not. So I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but what I can speak to is the overwhelming need for better information for our younger citizens that there does need to be better mandatory sexual health education because the one that we have in place now is abysmal and still based on bullshit. You're trying to teach little humans that have developing sexuality to basically ignore that sexuality. And of course, I'm talking mostly, mostly about teaching abstinence as the ultimate protection and the only protection against STIs and pregnancy and that type of stuff, which, of course, abstinence is something that works. It, you won't get STIs and you won't get pregnant. But you're telling that to somebody who is developing, especially once you start getting into puberty, you're talking about people, and I call them people because they are people, their sexuality, their hormones start raging. They start to get all of these new questions about their sexuality and what they're doing. And to be just told to shut that off doesn't work. They are little humans. I, okay, 13-year-olds aren't necessarily little. But they are humans and they have desires and there needs to be a better way to teach them how to properly uh, explore that sexuality without putting themselves in danger or doing things that they aren't yet ready for or understand. Right. Like my, my sexual education in high school consisted mostly of Hallmark Channel videos about teen pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that they're great and all. But they don't really give me information on how stuff actually works and how stuff is supposed to function and how things are different. It, it, it wasn't. I don't think it was as helpful as they thought it was. <laughs> Kathy, you got something to throw in here before I start babbling again? Um, I agree with 
both of you and I can only take my own. I am not a parent, so I'm only going to take my own experience as a child growing up. I'm with Enigma. I absolutely wanted more information. My mother was a very modern, forward-thinking woman, uh, but even she only gave me little information. She gave me, she sat us down, she had us look at the pictures, explain the anatomy, very cursory look at what the body is and uh, explained what sex was and allowed us to question and we asked her what what does an orgasm feel like she tried her best to explain it Um, she sat us down and said don't ever ever let think that you have to let an adult hug you if if it makes you uncomfortable I don't care who it is and what she was a great person but even that was too little for me that was a lot that was a lot, but I got oh into. Oh my god! But this Kathy, is. That's more, I under. I, I. I totally. I am totally going to let you say that that you needed more. Absolutely, but I just had to point out that that was literally more accurate sex ed from a parent to a child than I have literally ever heard in my life from other people. Yeah, and that should actually be indicative of how much more is needed. If that in our society is considered amazing. That's kind of sad because that is actually not enough. I got into junior high and still did not fully comprehend how sexual intercourse happened. Even though she had explained to us the mechanics of it, I still didn't get it. And and so if you're not explaining this thing in great detail, and and I'm going to say I'm not an expert. So when I say in great detail, I, I mean explaining it this proper amount of information at the proper time. Only an expert, only experts out there can tell you at this age they should know this. And then at the next year they should know this. And the previous, the, the year following that they should know this. But to give those kids information is absolutely necessary because evolutionarily we are hardwired as human beings to be sexually active at a certain age. To try and suppress that and tell kids that's morally wrong and we're not going to give you the tools to deal with it. We're just basically going to tell you don't do it is lunacy it's not possible it's like telling someone look you're not you're going to have to start stop eating and stop breathing because it's that hard to do that's it's not what we're hardwired to do so you absolutely need to give kids that information you need to give them a lot more than you think you do and i'm sorry but in my experience even in talking to my to the kids my friends that i went to school with some were vastly more educated but more often than not, it was kids who just, they, they simply didn't understand. They had they had zero clue. They would have these looks of astonishment on their faces when certain tops, topics would come up. And it was clear to me that their parents hadn't taken them aside like my mom had. And even then, I, I still didn't have enough information. So um, I'm always, always going to be uh, on the side of giving children more education when it comes to their sexuality. Uh, and I'm always going to be very vocal about the fact that I believe it is based that that religious morality is what keeps most people from giving arming kids with what they need to be armed with in order to make it through life. Absolutely. Here, here. And we understand even without kids from all of the parents that I've known, um, it is an awkward conversation to have. Because your child is now talking about things that are very much adult. They're considered very, very adult. And so there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of I don't want to say the wrong thing. Those are all normal. 
But if you don't spend that time learning how to best talk to your own children about this, you just, they're not going to get it. They're not going to learn. And they may not want to talk to you. Absolutely. That's why we build up institutions that have the experts, that have the health experts, that have the sexologists and the sexual health experts that can create curriculums that can age appropriate, give kids and young people that information that they need so that they can develop without fear. Because nobody taught me that my body was my own when I was a kid. Nobody nobody taught me uh, that it was okay to... I mean, I got a little bit from my parents. Uh, I mean, as far as sex education was concerned, I told the story on the show before. I walked in at seven years old to my dad and said, you know, is my penis supposed to get hard? And my sex education was, that's the only way it's going to get in. And he walked away. That was literally my sex education. And then shortly after that, he started just, uh, you know, hand me down Playboys. He just gave me all his Playboys and said, here, figure it out. You know, okay, where's the where's the penis go? I always thought it went into the fur because there were furry pussies in the 70s. And uh, and so I knew no- I knew nothing. But what especially is troubling is that I don't know. I would love if anyone in perverted podcast land is a teacher or an educator that has to cover the sex education portions of curriculum to comment and let us know what the current uh, state of teaching is, because I don't think there's good training of our teachers our teachers are not taught how to have these conversations because everyone, of course, is worried about, you know, getting sued or, or whatever. But there is so much that we're just missing. And it is just generation after generation harming young people from making the best decisions, harming them away from making the best decisions about their sexuality. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, you, you're talking about your hand-me-down Playboys. When my when my parents figured out that I was I was looking at porn, my dad decided it would be really fun, I guess, to share a Playboy subscription. And actually, like, started ordering me like like he would get them first for the articles, and then he would give them to me. <laughs> The articles. <laughs> of course, the articles. Well, son, you know, I don't need this because I have your mother. But I just read these because the journalism is so spot on. Yeah, that's... It's not because they figured out that I found their, their porn stash. Like, no, that's... Yeah, not, not at, at all. Ah, uh, yeah. good old Playboy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, you and I, uh, Boogie, have talked about this a little bit before. I uh, My sexual education was, I think, slightly better than some's. Uh, especially from my parents where... When, you know, puberty started to happen, their response was they gave me a book that had a very basic, a very clinical, this is what's happening to your body during puberty. And it was very educational, very informative, but very clinical. And then they also gave me a book, which I can't remember the title, but it was very much like Chicken Soup for the Soul style, where (laughs) it was just a lot of like commentary and stories from like middle-aged men about their puberty experience wow. which wasn't as helpful as i think they thought it was it was more <laughs> just creepy but creepy. you know 
but looking back on it, like my parents were trying, and they've they've always been a little bit more progressive. But like it's still they're fighting a lot of their training, which was shut the hell up and don't talk about it. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, so like I, yeah, can't. God forbid we talk about sex. Break the cycle. So yeah, exactly. And like I, I one of my favorite classes in college was uh, we. It kind of goes between developmental psychology and human sexuality, where we talked about how kids need to learn things. And like when they're young, they kids start figuring out that, hey, you have something different than I do very early on. And if we're not teaching them what that means, then they're going to have to find that from another source. And that source may not be correct. So we need to start teaching that as like I, I fully support the this referendum that we're talking about where like we need to start like there's there's st- they're talking about starting the education as early as kindergarten and just giving just giving basic 101 this is what things are and especially if we're talking about like preventing worse outcomes like if we're teaching our kids to call their thing a fire truck and they say hey that man touched my fire truck like cases have been thrown out for that i i'm i'm not going to go t- go too t- too deep down that rabbit hole but like we need to be we need to be teaching what stuff is actually called because that is that is super important for both knowing what you have and knowing and knowing who you are but also it's to kind of prevent uh, the more negative outcomes of not having that information absolutely and that comes down to body ownership and teaching children that you don't have to like Kathy how amazing that your mom said you didn't have to hug people and that you don't have to be touched you know and that these are yours and it's okay if you touch them and explore them in the privacy of your own room or space that's absolutely okay please don't put your thing inside of this thing or that thing because you can hurt yourself but yes you can touch your own things but we do not let other people touch them if you are at the doctors and you are with me then that is okay as long as I am there, but you do not ever have to let people touch you. And if people touch your penis or your vagina and they should know what those goddamn words are, that is not okay. And we, I think, fail pretty drastically at that. Oh, yeah, for sure. God damn it, Enigma. Did we fix human sexuality? <laughs> no. Far, far from it. <laughs> no, this time we actually didn't fix it. Right now okay, we've darn. pissed off a lot of parents who are like, motherfuckers don't have any kids and they're telling me how to raise my kid. Well, no, you know what? We're not telling anyone how to raise your kid. We're giving opinions about empowering kids as little humans that need information just as much as big kids need it. And I don't think there's anything off base of saying that. We're not telling you how to discipline your kid. We're not telling people how to how to be a parent. But we are saying that this sexuality starts very, very early. And if you are not aggressive about giving that child the information, you run a very real risk with tons of evidence, tons of historical evidence of STIs, molestations and teen pregnancy. That's what you get if you don't give kids that information because they're going to start wanting to use their privates. They're going to want to know about their sexuality. And if you don't give them that information, they're not going to get it. Motherfuckers. (laughs) Enigma. If our perverted podcast listeners want to get a hold of us, where do they go? All right. If people want to find us, they can find us on Twitter at 
Perverted Podcast. They can find us at Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on FetLife. Just search Perverted Podcast. There's a group and a page. And you can find our website, www.pervertedpodcast.com. And now for something completely different. Perverted Podcast listener segue. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from near and far, the world across perverted podcast land, I bring you the great and illustrious Wicked! Ah! Hello, Wicked! Hi, Boogie. Thank you for having me. Wicked, I am so excited to have you on the show. You filled out one of the questionnaires that we send out for people to tell us some of their fun, wild, crazy, sexy experiences. And you had a couple in there that I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta know about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff happens. It does. But before that, what city are you in right now? I'm in Copenhagen in Denmark. So I'm part of a uh, little Scandinavia, the, the smallest part of Scandinavia. The actually. wee Scandinavia. Yeah. A tiny bit of Scandinavia there for you. Yeah. That, I don't know where that accent came from. It has nothing to do <laughs> with Denmark. I'm, actually, you know, you could do the Swedish chef. It's it's okay. I get you. I'm glad you feel me because Kathy <laughs> sure the fuck doesn't. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes, she does. She just doesn't want to admit it, I'm sure. See, that's what I say. She wants to touch my wiener. I know it. Okay, I don't think she does, though. I think she's honest there. But a lot of the rest of us do want to, so you know you're lucky. Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, when we say we, are we including ourselves in this little thing? Because it is my birthday today. It's your birthday? Oh my god! Well, now I'm embarrassed. I haven't sent you birthday boobies. Well, no. Wait a minute. Hang on. We can do better. We can do better. Do you speak any other languages? What language do they speak in Denmark? Danish. Do you speak any Danish? <laughs> I do speak Danish. Of course, I'm. I am Danish. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe you came from another country and you're working no. in Denmark or what? You know. But no. no so I'm, you you are. I'm Danish. I'm 100% Danish. I learned English in uh, in school, so uh, I have no English heritage or American heritage whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then you have a job for the perverted podcast audience and for me personally. <laughs> How would you say in Danish, Boogie, I will let you have anal sex with me for your birthday? That's You're going to be so disappointed because it's not going to sound sexy at all. Doesn't, I don't care. Okay. Boogie, jeg vil let dig have anal sex med mig på din fødselsdag. Oh my God, that totally was sexy. That was so not sexy. That was se- you don't think it's sexy because it's your mother tongue. But let it me tell any anyone that tells me that they'll let me have anal sex with them. Now then of course, in all fairness, I don't know wicked if I can trust you. You might have just said something like, "Yes, boogie, I'll stick a giant octopus up your ass for your birthday." And I wouldn't know, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so hot." But I didn't. But I didn't. I, I said exactly what you told me to say. Well, a variation of it because, you know, grammar and the way you put sentences. Grammar and things like that. Oh. Yeah. So now we can get to the boobies. So you're going to actually send me a pic for, of your boobies for my birthday? Well, I mean, I said congratulation boobies to Mew when she, uh, when she got right. into med school. 
So that's right. You know, so why shouldn't I get super, birthday boobies? Exactly. So I'm I, I I'm not gonna do it while we talk, but I'll do it after. It's <laughs> I'll do it after. Could you do like birthday masturbation for me? Like I could just have you reach down your pants right now or skirt or whatever and touch yourself for me. Just hey, look! You knew if you call, if you get on the line with me, you know there's gonna be sexual harassment. Perverted podcast, count boogie pervert. You know, so no. I know. I mean, the thing is, I could, but I'm also I get very easily flustered, so I don't know if that would make for a very, um, you know, lucid show. We will have to. We will make that for another time. So. Some of the things, like one of the questions on the questionnaire that we send out is like, do you have a hot, sexy story? I'll just set the stage. You're mm-hmm. talking, this was a partner that you had a while ago, a sexual yes. partner, yes. and you were flirting via text. Well, actually, it started uh, It started a little, I did an abbreviated version for you. It started a little bit before, uh, during the weekend, we flirted and 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 joked about it, how hot it would be if he came. I'm a student at a university, so how hot it would be if he came to the school and basically took me in the bathroom. Yes! And it got me really hot and bothered, you know? I got, I got red cheeks, you know, and everything. So during the week, he then texted me one day and said, send me a picture of what you're wearing. Show me what you're wearing. So I did, and he said, I'll be there in 45 minutes. Be ready. No way. Yes, I know. Yes. So I know. So where did he meet you? Um, basically, he told me to tell him where to go because he didn't know the school. But we have unisex bathrooms, first of all. So there's no, you know, men or women. It's just everyone do their business the same way. That is not how we do it here. <laughs> no, but here we wow. do. We're very, in Denmark, we're very, you know sex and sexuality positive. And so I said, okay, I gave him the information to know how to get down to the basement of the school or the university, because down in the basement, we have these huge bathrooms uh, with stalls and everything you need. And so I went down there and I kind of, you know, I waited and I was getting cold feet and I was like, okay, how am I going to get out of this one? Because People were coming in and out and in and out and in and out of the bathroom. Of course they're coming in and out. So now you're going to... What type of fear do you have? What are, Is this a fear of getting caught or it's anticipation? A, it's anticipation and it's getting caught and it's the whole um, embarrassment of imagining as you walk out of the stall after and people look at you and they're like, we know what you did. You know, that's, <laughs> we know what Not everyone doing. is that stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, bathroom noises don't usually sound like sex noises. And if they do... And if they do, you might have to check some stuff out. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so he arrives. He arrives, and I basically wait um, just outside the, the handicap stall, which is, I know... People are going to hate on me for that. But you know what? It's in the basement and there's no access. There's no access from an elevator anyway. So how handicapped could you be, you know, in the basement? Fair fair enough. I love your sexual justifications. Go ahead. Be the rebel. 
Be the outlaw. You don't have to clean it up for us. We know it's hot. Not only are you a rule breaker, you're you're socially putting your middle finger at everybody. So get into the stall. So, um, yeah, I wait just outside the stall and then he comes and he sees me. So I walk into the stall and basically he walks in after me. And then I'm not hearing much else than my own heartbeat in my ears at this point. Um, You know, it's getting real. And he locks the door and then he walks over and kind of pushes me forward so that I have to lean my hands against the sink. Yes. Yeah. And then he um, hikes up my skirt and pulls down my panties so they're like around my knees and then he asks if I'm wet for him I said yes so of course he checks and I'm you know I'm, you're, I'm wet. you're dripping at so this he, point I'm I'm really I'm really wet at this point let's let's be honest okay it's, it's you know is it fear wet or hot wet it's both it's definitely both because you know, it's kind of an edging situation where we had been talking about this and he had been been joking about doing it and half of me was like, oh God, please do it. And the other half of me was like, oh God, that would be so embarrassing. Oh no. It was both. But in the moment, I was super turned on, but I was also super aware of every single footstep happening outside the stall (laughs) absolutely sonar ears so then what happened well then um he very very slowly and teasingly um fingered me and whispered dirty stuff in my ear as you know like it's very hard to say without getting flustered right now i gotta tell you um but stuff like, you're such a dirty girl getting wet here in a public bathroom at your school instead of being in class, you know? And, you know, all this sort of the classic stuff. And he unbuckles his belt, takes out his cock, which is obviously rock hard at this point because he'd been looking forward to it as well. And then he tells me to look at him in the mirror. There's a mirror just above the sink. So I'm holding on to the sink. I look into the mirror, looking at him because he's also taller than me. I'm like tiny. And then he just slams in. Like, you know, that momentum where you're almost falling forward, but he's holding me back with his hands, uh, with one hand on my hip and the other, you know, down there guiding himself in. And whew, I got to take a breath. <laughs> um, and um, You're doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Okay, I'm doing good. Uh, you're doing good. I promise you, there are people masturbating right now, thinking about you getting <laughs> fucked hard over the sink in a dirty bathroom in a basement in a handicap stall in Copenhagen, Denmark. Keep going. Yeah. And then he starts thrusting in and out, and he's holding me in place by my hips and whisper well not whispering but very very softly and close to my ear telling me how many people are probably listening to me right now Uh and saying that you know I'm such a dirty little slut for wanting to be taken in a public bathroom and telling me to remember to keep quiet because that's a general issue I have you know 
I'm not very good at keeping quiet. I tend to be a little bit loud. A little vocal. <laughs> a little, you know, I'm a little vocal. And again, you know, you cannot mistake those noises for anything else. So, you know what's going on. So, I'm biting my lip and trying to stay quiet. And he's kind of chuckling and enjoying himself and saying, you can't, you can't stay quiet, can you? I go, nope. So he places his hand over my mouth and then he comes inside me, kisses my neck, pulls out, and as he pulls out, he pulls my panties up and in place. And then he looks at me in the eye but through the mirror and tells me, now you're gonna go out there and you're gonna feel me in you for the rest of the day. And then he pulls my skirt back down <laughs> and just walks out. And I'm left standing there in the stall, very flustered and very hot. And then he texts me and he writes me and tells me that when I get home, which he knew would be around three hours later, uh, he wants me to send him a picture of my panties and tell him how wet I am and how wet the experience made me. And that's that's the story. What is amazing is that is such a wonderful fantasy for so many people. For and the so fact to hear it to hear it played out and you described it in an incredibly sexy way. You did a fantastic job. All of your nervousness is bullshit. Once you start talking about getting fucked hard in a bathroom, pretty much you kind of just get into that. I think the one thing I would add is that it's also very, you know, you're breaking down barriers, even if you're into the whole idea of, of public or near public sex. It's really a barrier you're breaking because even though you don't know the how many other hundred people are there at that school you know you're going to have to look people in the eye. And even though they may not know it's you, but they may be the one who heard someone fucking in the bathroom. And you're going to be aware that it was you. It's not like if you do it on a plane or in a park or in a bar. These people you have these to people. be professional uh, around. What would be amazing, Wicked, is if what you didn't know is there was like some sort of vent or pipe that was hollow that carried up from the basement into the building that just happened to be your stall. And it just kind of piped into a common area where people gathered and maybe heard and someone was like literally you know to their friends and like oh my god come here they're fucking and then they just like went and leaned up and went to that vent and like listen and they're oh yeah she's getting it fucking hard is he saying shit to her oh my god he totally is I know that girl go wait outside the bathroom wait outside the bathroom and see who comes out oh here comes wicked with her hair all fucked up yeah it's probably you yeah, and you know it's 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 a real it's a real fear boogie, and I gotta admit, um, we have several at my university, as I guess most universities, we have several locations, but at the particular one where this took place, um, you know, I always kind of feel my heart pounding when I go in the front door because the front door opens up just um, 
onto the giant staircase, which either goes up or, you know, down to your basement. basement. <laughs> yeah. So it's and always. You see, a- some, you see some stuffy old professor. He's like 79,000 years old. And he just looks at you every time you come in and he's like, Good afternoon, Miss Wicked. Will you be going to the basement today, Miss Wicked? Exactly. It's horrible. Oh, God. But it's also amazing and lovely. That is an amazing story. Would it be possible to have you come back and and talk about some of your other stories? Of course. Sure. You know where to find me. (laughs) That would be absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And, of course... um, I want to talk a little bit about Copenhagen and, and uh, you know, maybe the scene and maybe what kind of, you know, sex stores. And, and obviously there's a different culture sexually going on in Denmark than uh, in the U.S. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But that was an amazingly hot story. I am pretty sure that you just sexually satisfied at least 16 billion human beings in the world that listen to perverted podcasts. Okay, you don't even have that many listeners. You know, Wicked, you know, you have, you get to have your fantasy lived out. Let me have mine. Just let me, just let me hear, just let me hear the crowds of thousands of people going, perverted podcast. Hey, boogie. No, booby flash, booby flash. You know, oh my God, you could take my ass right now on this stage, boogie, if you want. Oh my God. You know, let me have it. Yeah. You know, Jesus. you know what? I get it, and and you're right. I'm sorry. I have, I have, um, I I have bratty tendencies, but you know, no. I try to continue. <laughs> no, you're a liar. Well, of course you do. I'm a fucking brat magnet. Who else would I talk to? Wicked, you did an amazing job. Thank you so much for talking to us. We will definitely be hearing from you again. Okay, before you go, one more thing in Danish. Okay. Yeah. Can you say, I want you to force your fat cock down my throat? Jeg vil have dig til at tvinge din store fede pik ned i min hals. I like that. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yay! That's the end of show 262. A massive thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon or through PayPal. From technical equipment to web hosting and the occasional legal advice, your support keeps us going. And you know what? I forgot to mention another huge welcome to two new Patreon supporters, Spiffy, who says, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so much, Spiffy, for supporting us. And Cease58, who when I emailed him a long thing saying, hey, by the way, can we give you a shout out on the show? Uh, let me know that uh, simply replies with Cease 58. Concise <laughs> and to the point, man. I like your right. way. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, our lovely new patrons. Yay. We love you guys. Write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and give us your questions or topic ideas or just plain tell us what's going on in your kinky lives. We love you. Big dating game finish. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Did your dad get drunk and beat the crap out of you? Well, that makes us bros, cause my dad did that shit too.
too. Does every holiday gathering end when the police show up and take someone in your family to jail? Does your mom sabotage everything you try to do in life because she's jealous that you're still young and hot and she's getting old with sagging titties? Did your emo brother fake at least five suicide attempts? Is your grandpa hooked on prescription meds? Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Your sister worry every month because her period was late. Did your cousin start fires and, and masturbate? At night, can you hear your bulimic sister off in the distance gagging into the toilet and crying, I want to be a cheerleader. <laughs> Did your dad drain your college savings to buy fake boobs for some hooker he was banging behind your mother's back? Did your grandma dig through the neighbor's trash? When you were nine, did your uncle teach you how to smoke hash? Children of dysfunctional families unite. Unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. As every room in the house had a fist through the door. Your brother gets three girls pregnant because you a whore? Oh, hell no! Try to hit on all your high school friends in hopes of getting a blowjob, and one of them actually did it? Does your aunt keep the head of her cat that died in the freezer next to the fish sticks? Join us. Your family's gonna suck, probably forever, so we might as well all be fucked up together. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families.